All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us as always. Today, my guest, Chris, is going to tell us all about Tensor technology and Organite technology. Now, don't worry if you've never heard of Tensor before. It's pretty new to me as well, but he's going to explain it. And I think this is a very important realm of healing. I've been saying for a long time that nutrition is not enough to combat the electrical interference, the EMF around us, the dirty electricity, all the different frequencies and voltages that are surrounding us constantly. We do need technological solutions because you can take all the vitamins and minerals you want. You can eat organic food, all of that. But this stuff is still affecting us. Some people can argue and there's some evidence to show that certain nutrients can protect you and being healthier in general offers some protection, but it's minimal. We're still being bombarded at every angle with all these disruptive frequencies. And this technology we're going to talk about is very, very interesting to me. There are a bunch of different technologies out there, but I think this might be the most practical solution. And I don't think it's a 100% solution, but it is a way to mitigate all the EMF around us. Before we get started, just want to remind everyone that, of course, you can find everything that I do, including the books that I've written, the free versions of those books, hundreds of book reviews. Most of them are about health. Many of them are about EMF, today's subject as well. All of that you can find on my website, notusbooks.org. You can find all of my social media pages. We're most active on Instagram, a few YouTube channels, all those links, my contact information, all on notusbooks.org. And there you can also find an archive of this podcast. There are many episodes on the archive that are not here on podcast land and may never be. You can download those episodes for free. And if you actually listen to the archive version, there's a special treat there for you at the very end. Once again, that's notusbooks.org. And we do also have a Patreon. Big thank you to the patrons. We really do appreciate it. There is no revenue for this podcast at all. Everyone who appears as a guest or helps to edit, all of us do this completely for free. We have no ad revenue and probably will not. Since the podcast got deleted earlier this year, we've had to rebuild here from scratch. And so now there's even less earning potential than there was. So we definitely appreciate the support on Patreon. All the episodes post there at least one week early. And when there's video versions, they're also posted to Patreon. There's some other exclusive video and content there as well. You can join for as little as two bucks a month, and we appreciate every penny. And with that out of the way, Chris, how are you doing today? How would you like to start this off? Doing, doing good, and you? Doing pretty cold, actually. <laughs> pretty cold for a Floridian, I should say. Yeah, he's complaining about the, the cold in Florida, and I said before we recorded that I, I don't have sympathy for that. Up here in northern <laughs> Canada, we have a whole different uh, definition of cold. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Who are you? Where'd you come from? So how long you been doing this? So my name is Chris, but many know me as Telesti Creations on Instagram. And I am from Florida originally. And I pretty much got into this healing journey all because of a car accident I received when I was young, sophomore year in high school. And this was kind of when I was actually finding out about uh, holistic health. And I think I actually stumbled upon your page, Ryan, when I was in junior year of high school. And from Which your page, page is that the the cell phone tower account? Uh, no, Wallets Warriors. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I actually learned from your page all about nutrition and pretty much the Wallets uh, studies. Then I later kind of did like an internet search for a bunch of Wallets's um, interviews, and they're some are kind of hard to find, but you know, still found some. And then everything you guys were spreading, I would kind of just look it up myself, just to um, 
kind of vouch for it or just to verify it. And everything you guys were saying was true because I got into a car accident and they told me that I had a herniated disc or cracked disc and there was no solution until I reached the age of 50 or so. Then we can have surgery. They told me that I was screwed because there's no thing that can regenerate disc or anything. So then that's what kind of launched me into this holistic healing journey of supplements, different healing modalities, and everything around that area. When did you stumble onto this tensor ring technology? So my first introduction was I was actually researching for hours on how would uh, someone go about regenerating this. And then that's how I came across your guys' page. And you guys were spreading the, the message of if the, you give the body all the essential nutrients, all the fatty acids, everything it needs, cut out certain foods, that it could essentially regenerate. And I wanted to see if there was a way to speed that up by um, energy solutions, if that makes sense. So I came across the field of uh, pulse electric magnetic field therapy or PEMF devices. And uh, NASA, if you know, you kind of believe like they're out of space stories, which I kind of don't, but they said that they were able to regenerate bones and certain tissues very rapidly with PEMF devices. And through certain frequencies, you can induce pretty much the cells would function a lot faster than they were usually meant to be. And they canceled out all EMFs from the room. And then they just placed these PEMF devices, which they would tune in certain frequencies that these frequencies would pretty much induce regrowth in the body. So what, what led now, you then to the tensor? So, so what led me into the tensor technology was I was searching on forums about just different technologies and different ways of healing. And then that's when I um, came across this guy at a comment section who was telling me that the PEMF devices are, they work, but he knows of something that's like very out there and kind of like no one really knows about. So I was interested and he ended up telling me all about tensor technology and he gave me the the book you read slim sprawling and he sent me a bunch of information on what this does how to use it how it works and that was all early 2020 and from there i pretty much learned how to make all of it and through pretty much just years of research and every day looking up information i ended up learning how to make models like this and modifying it from what Slim Sperling was actually doing it to, in my way, it's a little bit more practical, but different, but it's all still the same Slim Sperling method. Okay, so this Slim Sperling character in the book Slim Sperling's Universe by Cal Garrison, I just read this as well, because you sent it to me, Chris, I appreciate that big time. You're right, it's mm -hmm. very interesting, very out there. I had never heard of it before. And we're going to actually explain what this is because you held up something, but the audio listeners won't know. Previous to this, the only similar thing I had heard was some Germans that were experimenting with just shapes, not copper coils like we're talking about with Slim Sperling, but uh, specific shapes. And it didn't matter what they were made out of. They're, it could be made out of plastic and they still had an effect on the EMF. And they were just placing these little like L-shaped plastic pieces around windows and stuff and, and measuring that it was actually reducing the EMF coming in from outside. So that was very interesting. And what I am really compelled about with Slim Sperling's stuff here is that this relies just on the shape itself. So he's getting copper and he's turning it into or circles, he twists it, yeah. coils twisted 
but there's nothing put into the metal. I'm used to devices and I sell devices that have energy embedded into it, frequencies embedded into mm -hmm. it. And some materials hold frequencies very well. You know, copper is one of them. Amber's another one. Brass, because it has copper in it. Several companies use quartz. Right? These are just materials that hold frequencies well and they blast in frequencies and it holds them apparently. And I know those work very, very well. But what interests me about these rings and the other stuff, like the one that you were holding up, which is like a big coil, big copper spring in the center with several mm. circular rings placed around it and balls in it. Like it's a cool looking contraption there. And all that basically just creates an energy through the shape itself, which is very, very interesting because this is so low tech. You don't need a secret machine to put frequencies in. There's nothing plugged in here or anything. Although I think some of them, they do plug into a speaker and you can resonate that frequency. You can amplify it basically through the device by plugging it into the speaker. You can explain that because I wasn't clear on that in the book. Okay. So yeah, so um, like you said, this one is actually, uh, it's in the shape of a cordial field and slim, like the ring you were holding up. This um, The tensor ring itself has a circular field or just that field inside right here. It's that energy stays trapped within that field. And his whole dilemma was how can I make the energy go outwards and not confined to a certain circular position or just this circular shape. So then he thought about how pretty much the universe works and kind of just getting into like sacred geometry and how we all have a biofield, the Earth's electromagnetic field, how it's a torus field, how our biofield is a torus field. How if you slice an apple in half, it looks identical to a torus field. And I think there's a, a lot of science now out there about like uh, toradio field mechanics and how a lot of things rely off torus fields. You're very in tune to like the whole biofield stuff. So like I know um people can like sense like kind of reading the room essentially, or you can feel like if you're around someone that's super negative, you can kind of like pick up on that if you're pretty keen to that stuff. And so Slim Smerling, he wanted the rings to be broadcasted outwards, not just a circular position. So he took nature's design and he put the rings into a torus pattern or into a ball shape that this would essentially be making a toradio field. And through the help of um, dowsers and also clairvoyance, he said that when he put this first one, just the torus shape, when he connected all the rings, he found that it was making a toradial field, but there was nothing kind of cleansing it outwards. So then he later came up with a coil called the Acuvac, which is this coil in here you see, which um, this alone is pretty much a healing device as well. I've sold it to a few uh, Reiki practitioners or holistic healing practitioners, energy practitioners, and they'll use this coil to pretty much heal their clients or structure food and water and things like that. But Essentially, what's happening is the rings are creating a torus field, and this coil in the middle is pulling in negative energy through the bottom and pushing out life force energy through the top. And this is pretty much a torus field of like constant cleaning. And you've got and wires connected to that. What's that for? So this is a later discovery of someone named Don Croft, and he was famous in the orgone community as well as his wife, Carol Croft. And they created a device called a sucker punch, which I can, I want to see if you can see, but it's essentially a crystal 
that has copper wire inside or multi-stranded wire wrapped into a Mobius coil around this crystal. And then it's connected to a Holda Clark 15 hertz zapper. So then this gets powered by a 9 volt battery. You made that zapper too? Uh, I buy the zappers. You can find them on eBay. And what Don Croft noticed is when he was making these 15 hertz, uh, or what we call sucker punches, he noticed that one, these would help block out non-native EMFs, and it would also chem-bust and clear the skies up. And that's one kind of side to it, but he also would talk about how his wife, who she was pretty much a renowned psychic, he would talk about like ETs and certain beings messing with them, and he saw that once he turned this 15 hertz zapper on, it almost acted like a like a white noise field or like a certain kind of like chaotic field that wouldn't let them kind of through. And this kind of gets into also uh, one of the things I always tell my clients, if you buy these, these are pretty much a uh, very metaphysical tool, metaphysical tools in the sense that um, Don Croft noticed that with the sucker punches, the wire has to be super tight onto the crystal because if not, it's creating chaotic energy that's non-beneficial for the body. But what happens is that quartz crystal will actually um, transmute that bad energy, that chaotic energy, and kind of smooth it out. But also to take it up a notch, this also um, can get programmed with intention. Like if you ever uh, seen Marcel Vogel's work, uh, the guy who pretty much pioneered the LCD screens, his most famous experiment was when he um, kind of just telepathically just intended for a picture of uh, the Virgin Mary to appear on this, um, I think, just liquid fat. Because he said liquid fat has a crystalline structure. He concentrated for an hour on this liquid fat to see if it would hold the shape of uh, the Virgin Mary. And after an hour of doing this, he looked under it through a microscope and you could actually see the Virgin Mary. So then he on a microscope. conduct... Yeah. Does that like, mean like actually... any point that you zoomed in on, you could see it? I don't know exactly the full test. But I'm pretty sure it was pretty much like a beaker full of just like fat. And he just intended that the Mother Mary shape would appear. And it appeared. I think it was almost like his spark moment where he realized that human consciousness or just our intention can change a lot of things. What was his and name? This also, uh, Marcel Vogel. He's also famous for the Vogel crystal, which I think there's only two or three people worldwide who actually make the uh vogel crystals that are real a lot of the super cheap ones aren't actually made properly how so what do they do well <clears throat> marcel vogel he said that he essentially received a download or just kind of a, an idea to cut a quartz crystal into i think the tree of life shape and one thing i noticed is because i've been studying very much into pyramids and certain pyramid shapes will actually how they affect the ether and kind of the life force and energy around us i noticed later because i would um i kind of learned all the geometries of like the pyramids and also this one it's a nubian pyramid found in giza as well all the pyramids i make are pretty much exact replicas of all the pyramids around the world in terms of geometry because the geometry plays a huge role and also so i found that the top of his crystal if you actually look up a photo but the top side, he actually used the same um, geometry as to the Giza Plateau. So if you actually look at like the degrees, 
it actually matches completely the Giza Plateau's degrees. So other people screw it up by not paying as close attention to the geometry, is that what you're saying? I think it's pretty much just like a mass marketing thing, like how you can find Orgnite for $20 that's not really um, real Orgone. It's kind of just like people heard of the idea, they wanted to mass produce it, and it's just you have you kind of have to do your due diligence or research to find the real tech because in the energy tech game there's stuff that works but then there's also very deep end stuff that like very few people kind of know about and marcel vogels his work is a little deep end but he um he got really famous about the whole vogel crystal and how um he actually used he used it for healing practitioners like are you familiar with reiki by any chance yeah like yeah so he would have uh, certain practitioners, essentially the point, one of the ends, he saw that one of the ends would essentially um, transmit energy and the other, I think, would be like kind of a pulling action. But using your intention with crystals, because he found crystals can hold intention, he would actually um, be able to heal people just by pointing it toward them like this. And he got very famous off of that, um, off that invention of his and Till this day, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty respected invention in the, at least in the healing community. I think just to get like a real Vogel crystal, they're usually like cheapest one I found is like five hundred dollars. Yeah, I was told by a few people who um, have been researching Vogel himself for years that there's only about three people world, three to five people worldwide that actually make the Vogel crystals to the exact geometry because the geometry plays some of the most important role in the entire crystal. And a lot of like the $20, $25 crystals, $10, like $50 uh, Vogel crystals that you find, a lot of these almost look like it's cut to the exact geometry, but it's not. So there's only a few people that really um, pay attention to that. So when you said you modified the toroidal uh, thing that you've got, the, you put the coil in it just like Sperling did, but you also put... Yeah. The sucker punch in it. That's that's what your modification was. Yeah, but even though if it's Which, not to a hundred percent of Vogel's specs, it still works. Yeah, yeah. No, Marcel Vogel's he, he he's a whole different technology. He was one of the first prominent figures, in my opinion, that really solidified the idea of the intention. Our intention can go a long way, especially placing it into like crystals, because then you know Doctor Emoto's work in the future came out about how a prayer or saying I love you to water would actually change this crystalline structure of water. And Marcel Vogel, he was probably one of the first individuals to really discover this and try to make an invention out of it, especially um, with the plate of fat he was working with. So the sucker punch that you've got inside the toroidal field, which is basically a quartz crystal with wires wrapped around it very tightly. There's a wire that connects to a Clark zapper, 15 Hertz, does yeah. that have to be connected to a battery as well? Yeah. In order to power up the pretty much the little computer chip that's running 15 hertz, you have to connect it to a 9-volt. But Slim Sperling, well, these actually have like a pretty much like a, they have their own field that's, I would almost say it's dormant because the range from a powered harmonizer might be like five miles or like this one probably would be like 25 miles or something like this in that in that ballpark but then once powered it might go to 500 miles it's amplifying the 15 hertz so the crystal acts as almost like an antenna or like kind of like a broadcaster yes yeah, so this is pretty much an antenna 
So Slim Sperling, he had his world famous experiment um, called the Denver Brown Cloud Experiment, where you probably read in the book. He's he put four harmonizers that probably the size of this around the city, and he played his um, Slim's Clearing CD, which he took a ring. That size was like a, was, a, a deck of cards, by the way. The for the audio listeners, about the size of a deck yeah. of cards. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very small, and he took he took that, and he also he worked, he worked with a lot of high end scientists from what I was seeing, especially on his tests. Like uh, he was working with like molecular scanners and a lot of very high up there scientists. But one of them was able to actually extract the sound of a tensor ring field. And that's what we got as Slim's clearing CD. Or he kind of like patented that, or it's kind of just his thing. And he would play that sound with two speakers. He would have two speakers on the side of it, like right here, blasting sound into it. And he noticed that once he did that, that the entire sky pretty much cleared up within a matter of hours. And this was the Denver brown cloud. Brown and cloud Denver experience. was famous for this brown cloud. Yeah. In its skies. Yeah, Denver had some of the worst air pollution in the U.S. at the time. Which is a, a bit weird because Denver's not an incredibly huge place, but I guess because it's high altitude that the air kind of hung out there. Uh, I also think it's uh, like DOR, which is deadly orgone energy. And one thing, too, that uh, a lot of people kind of don't talk about is um, places where there's very mountainous usually has a lot of life force energy. And there's a lot of um, lenticular clouds there. That's kind of like one key ingredient into having like um, like the like this kind of tech is when you have a lot of energy tech like this, you can actually see it'll start manipulating your sky. So if you have a lot of orgone around or this device and a lot of orgone and you start messing with frequencies, playing frequencies, then you'll notice the clouds might look lenticular. They look like ovals and like almost like they're disappearing. Very weird phenomena. And this is pretty much the work of someone named Ken Rolla. He was an electrical engineer, but he did a lot of research as well into pyramids. And especially, um, you're, you're probably very familiar with the term Ormus. Yep. Monoatomic gold. Yeah. So he did a ton of research on that. And especially when it comes to um, pyramids and where monoatomic gold or these monoatomic elements were usually be found. And he would basically say how um, these monoatomic elements can be found in abundance in mountains. So he said that mountains, there's uh, that's kind of the primary reason why yogis or a lot of shamans or certain groups of people would move to the mountains is because there's a high concentration of this ormus energy or this orgone life force kind of energy. And also volcanoes kind of gave that off as well. But he would talk about how the mountains specifically give off a lot of uh, life force energy, which he claims pretty much that's one of the reasons why our ancestors would build pyramids is to almost duplicate the same effect as a mountain in terms of like the scalar energy and life force energy to manipulate kind of the weather. And they would also use it as like um, communication aspects. They would, they would try to communicate with certain deities or certain beings manifesting as well manifesting in a pyramid that has some of the most profound effects i've probably seen ever and there's quite a bit of science backing that and especially um my recent a recent friend of mine named jim gale he 
he made this video and he posted in his group chat how uh, <clears throat> I made him this Russian pyramid that he meditated under. And he was thinking about how his farm. So essentially, he has a whole team of um, people that will go into whatever area or whatever property you give them. And they'll go into your soil, rebuild your soil, tell you what types of plants would thrive on your land. And basically pair all these plants up that work together in sync to essentially create um, what's called a food forest. And his whole sales pitch is that it's less maintenance than a lawn. So with, he had the intention of turning his food forest bigger. And he was thinking about having certain endangered species live at his food forest. So that way they'd be able to roam free, protected have all the energy tech around and as well have food everywhere in abundance. He said that he wants his place to be almost like a Noah's Ark. And the moment he did that, he actually got a call from someone, not even like two minutes later. I forget his name before, but he uh, he changed his name to Noah. And he only, him and Jim have only talked a handful of times, but he randomly called him about a minute or two later talking about how he wants to work with him more and do certain things. And that to Jim was just like mind blowing how the fact that he pretty much was speaking this and thinking it in just a minute or two later, this guy calls him named Noah. And since then, what do they do together? This was only a few days ago. So they're trying to work together more, but that's just a pretty cool story. I would, um, I wanted to share because there's also like, um, You've probably seen like the old world buildings, like the cathedrals and stuff mm-hmm. as well. How a lot of these were almost like um, they were scalar devices to pretty much um, amplify human intention. So that's why you can also see like cymatics, uh, a lot of domes, a lot of dome shapes, a lot of pyramidal shapes, points. And a lot of these were actually just used to almost like an energy harvest, but also like kind of like a receiver and um, transmitter so when people would gather at these ancient pyramids or these ancient um, old world structures they would sit there pray or meditate or kind of come together on a certain idea and then these uh, these buildings would help broadcast that idea out into the world so scalar energy for those who don't know is like uh, transmitting energy remotely I've even seen companies that's like, we'll project healing energy to you. And, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Basically, they're like, you know, we'll do it in our lab in, in, in Texas, but you'll feel the effect mm-hmm. in Denmark or wherever you are. Yeah. So what I learned, too, is scalar energy isn't bound by time, time nor space. So it's very outside of like our way of uh, really kind of rational thinking and like uh, this guy named Ken Rolla, he probably has some of the best content, especially explaining like uh, pyramids, for, for for instance. Like he would talk about how pyramids were specifically built with these contents that were very high in Ormus. Ormus would also act as like a, like a conductor and it's very healing for the body, but it could also be used as um like a way of communication. And there's also things where some people believe Ormus was manna, which the Bible would talk about, or things like that in the past, or uh, white powder that would increase human longevity and make us live longer. And 
I know there was um, one article I need to find again, but it was a science or it was this guy in Texas where he smelted gold down to a white powder and he found that it actually was levitating. It didn't want to stand. It just kept levitating the powder. How far off the table? I didn't get into specifics because this article I found was very hushed down and it's like impossible to find. But I think I still have a few screenshots of it in my old phone. But this guy, he pretty much rediscovered mana or monoatomic gold. And he found that it was anti-gravity. It didn't want to stay bound to the table and it just kept floating. So he enclosed it in something. And I think not even like a few weeks later, the government showed up and he never was heard of again. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's jump back to a moment for to Slim Sperling and yeah. the, the original toroidal field thing. So he placed four of them around Denver and it cleared yeah. the sky and this this was measured. Yeah, he he's uh, in his book. He talks about uh, the experiment and he said that he would place four of these small ones pretty much in the grid of a city and he would play his um his CD into these because these are. He kind of he said these were acoustic air cleaning devices, meaning that if you could plug in sound, it would help clear the atmosphere and help clear like EMFs and all sorts of things from the environment. And he said also that in his experiment, he actually had the Air Force involved into this experiment and how he pretty much proved that it worked, but they didn't want anything to do with it because it couldn't be weaponized, the technology. Fair enough, I guess. So the the CD, just to clarify, because this is kind of complicated. I know I might not understand this if I was listening to it. So the CD was made okay. from amplifying oh, so the, C- the sound that was made by just the rings, right? Just the toroidal rings. Yeah. And I want to step back yeah, and so- talk about them a little bit more too. So these these same rings are made to to make the uh, toroidal field, right? The toroidal thing with the coil in the middle of it. You place a few rings, three, four, is it three, four rings around it? Six. Okay, six of them. So they they mm-hmm. measured the sound and amplified it from just one ring, and then they play that in to the into the field, object, and then that yeah. amplifies it. Even though it doesn't amplify the sound, though, so you can't hear it. You can just hear the CD playing, right? Um, that's kind of later what he found. His wife found out is that if you actually just have the CD itself. You can place it on top of the harmonizer and it'll have a similar effect because the CD is essentially holding that um, energetic signature. So her whole theory was if you can place that CD under the harmonizer, that the harmonizer will pick up on that signature and broadcast it outwards. Without actually playing the music. Yeah, but his first ever testing, he actually would just do this to the harmonizers in his um, book. He would just grab his headphones and put them around here just to just in hopes that the sound would actually amplify the harmonizer. Okay, cool. Okay. So back to the rings, because the rings came first, right? The yeah, what makes yeah, the them special, first. and you're gonna have to explain this. I only read the book once. What makes them special is the actual length that they're they're made out yeah. of. These are sacred measurements from the pyramids, or where where does this measurement come from? Yeah. So some of the pyramids would actually uh like the first ever was one peer, uh, one measurement found in the King's Chamber, the Giza Pyramid. And I think this one might be it, but this is a very heavy duty ring. This is so it's uh, very made thick, out of six duty. gauge. Six gauge. Yeah, it's made out of six gauge and it took took quite a bit. But um 
the first ever rings, he would cut them to the measurements found around the world uh, from the pyramids. Because, um, like I was saying earlier, the entire geometry and then the lengths of the pyramids throughout the entire like plateau, they all cut them to those specific lengths because they found that these lengths would actually kind of resonate at a certain frequency. And he found the first one, which was coined the royal cubit. And that was because it was found in the king's chamber. And he found it on a block that there's a huge block above in the king's chamber. And he took that measurement. And I'm not sure if he divided it down or multiplied it or if that was just the this freak, uh, the measurement he found. But he got that measurement, twist the wire because the wire has two polarities. It has a negative and a positive polarity. And that's why when you make a tensoring, you're supposed to use dowsing to make sure you join the right polarities on each other. Because if not, then you can get a non-beneficial tensoring. Where it's blasting out negative energy. Incoherent yeah, energy. Because, yeah, his first ever rings were just made out of a single wire cut to that length and soldered. And he found that it essentially made the energy, but one side was negative and one side was positive. And that's when he came up the idea of twisting the wire so that it would have a positive only effect. Okay, so people don't get mistaken and accidentally use the wrong side when they're trying to heal their elbow or something and end up making it yeah, worse. He, yeah, exactly. Because his whole thing was, in application-wise, why would I want a side that's very negative and a side that's very positive? It can get very confusing. That was his whole dilemma. I'm like, before he could push this out into the market or give it to other people, he wanted to perfect the design. So that's when he came up with twisting the wires and joining the correct polarities on each other. So since it's just a ring, it as you said mm -hmm. earlier, it creates a field inside of the ring, but nowhere else. It doesn't broadcast out for miles um, like the toroidal. Uh, he, he's done that on the test. I actually am conducting my own uh, very soon. But he said if you would grab this ring and you would have a glass of water, say, on the other side of your, uh, like on the other side of the wall, that you've probably seen the freeze test how this would create like a vortex in the water or it'll create like a giant hollow bubble inside of the water, mm -hmm. which typically never happens when you're freezing water. And that just goes to show that the ring is actually producing an energy, but since it's scalar kind of life force energy, we can't see it with our physical eyes. It won't be picked up by any meters because we're pretty much not at um, scalar energy yet. So you can't pick it up with an EMF reader. Like it doesn't really give off an electrical input. So it's just pure scalar energy. And one way is um, through dowsing to really pick up on the energy. If you're familiar with dowsing. I have some dowsing rods here. Someone gave me, I haven't, I played around with them just a little bit, but now I'm thinking I should play around with it more, to be honest. After reading yeah, that, that book and I read some other stuff, I used to be an atheist skeptic guy and I, I saw, you know, several of these skeptics set up experiments and, you know, they showed that the dowsing wasn't doing anything. So I didn't believe in it for many years, but people still use it up here to find wells, find where the water is, find yeah. where they should drill. If you drill in the wrong spot, you could be wasting tens of thousands of dollars. So yeah, exactly. yeah, they throw a dowser in first just to increase their, uh, their chances of hitting the right spot. Yeah. And uh, as far as I know, it's pretty accurate. I'm going to go around the the property in the bush there and look for gold to be honest i don't know if it'll if but it, it, <laughs> it says actually because your intention right so if i have the intention of looking for gold it should tell me 
Yeah. So what I found too when dowsing is there's different forms. There's the L rods were like that. And then there's also the pendulums. And I know um, doctors in Europe have used pendulums over certain meridians of the body where if you would put a pendulum and it starts going counterclockwise, that means that it was a negative spot in the body. But um, getting back to the L rods, I've also found that if you're grounded barefoot on the ground, you get better dowsing reads. Or if you wear a tensor ring on your head. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that and, out. Yeah. And so there's also another really good um, guy named Dr. Ibrahim Karim. Maybe you've heard of him. I'm not sure. Oh, he, I, w- I would write this down. He's like really one of the best like um, energy guys out there in terms of validity. Because Ibrahim, what's his got, name? Dr. Ibrahim Karim. He is the founder of biogeometry. Yeah, this was the guy I was talking about at the beginning. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, German, guy. but they were doing the experiments in Germany, correct? Uh, I think it was Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, but he he did the testing and he found that just just the sigils alone were able to counteract EMFs. But besides his technology, he's a really like world-renowned dowser. And he's actually made his own dowsing charts and things like that. So you can actually kind of see like the energy of an area and put his technology down and kind of help reverse that. And I've also done that with um, Jim Gale. I've done that at certain farms. I've had about two other farmers tell me that um, once they placed my harmonizer device, I gave them some orgone as well. And one of them, um, I ended up teaching him a lot, a lot of stuff. But he also learned about uh, geopathic stress. So he would actually go around his property in Dallas to find these geopathic stress lines and put L rods or just rods into the ground to counteract it. Okay. And I know this is going to be far out there for some people, but probably half or more of the audience is on board with this. So talk about geopathic stress for a moment. What What is that? Okay. So geopathic stress lines are stress lines in the earth that they're, they used to be naturally occurring, like um, certain areas where native people would avoid where plants wouldn't grow. Animals don't want to go there. It's kind of just like death around that area. And sometimes it can be found around like volcanic areas or areas where the earth was stressed. And if the earth is stressed in that area, then at the top, at um, like at an energetic level, if it's stressed, then at the top, it'll show like how how the environment is. So if it's stressed, dead plants, no animals, terrible land to live on, pretty much. And you can change that so with they these devices, you're saying? Yeah, with these devices. And also, uh, before Slim got, uh, did these devices, you can actually douse in your area on your property, find the geopathic stress lines, and a simple a simple method. They're called earth staples. So you can actually grab a piece of copper, bend it into like a U shape, like a horseshoe, and then if you find this geopathic stress line, just kind of staple it into the ground, put it into the ground, and. I've heard from hundreds of people doing this will you'll notice it the first night your plant growths if you have a farm will increase and a lot of other benefits as well but like I was saying uh, geopathic stress is a natural occurring phenomenon but since now we have so much EMFs electricity running through the ground you know 5g towers harp antennas all this that there is a lot of geopathic stress around the world so 
we need ways to combat geopathic stress and just EMS in general. Copper everywhere. You're familiar <laughs> with uh, electroculture? Yeah. So this is just uh, putting copper in your plants, basically. You put a copper rod into the ground with the plants and they grow more. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people experimenting with this on the amateur level. And uh, I've been seeing them all over Instagram, especially this summer, kind of blew up. And lots of people were showing, hey, this is my plant without the electroculture, without the wires and or coils. or They're using all kinds of different things. Not all of them use copper. Mm-hmm. Some of them are using silver, gold plated, whatever yeah. it is. And yeah, they're showing, hey, these ones without these antennas jammed in are doing not so well. And the ones with the uh, electroculture devices are doing fantastic. So with, with your devices or the ones that you make, I know you didn't invent these, but using these um, tensor rings and uh, toroidal fields, is that even more than regular electroculture? I would say it's a lot stronger, very much stronger because electroculture it's pretty much harnessing. This is more of a producer, if that makes sense. Like with electroculture antennas, all you're doing essentially is you're gathering the atmospheric energy, pulling it down into the earth. And just doing that will help plants grow and stuff like that. And I've also heard of uh, like the scientist guy I was talking about, uh, Ken Rolla. He would talk about how the sky would kind of ground itself out onto the earth and how you would actually see very like, you know, if you ever see lightning, it's not it's not straight linear. It's very jagged. So he would find that um, this is why, like, uh, for, say, copper, like a lot of the, the reason these antennas were made in spirals is because necessarily following a straight jagged line isn't best. And this kind of gets into the old world um, architecture, especially when you see domes and spirals and like things kind of coiling down that it would be able to harness this essentially ether light or life force energy better in kind of like a spiral or pyramidal or dome shape. Even the toroidal device that you have in front of you looks a lot like the types of metallic decorations or lightning rods, they would call them now. A lot of them look Mm -hmm. just like that in that circular configuration. It's kind of like an an open dome. Uh, It's kind of like a basketball with the rings around it, but not filled in. I've seen a lot of that on, yeah. on old world buildings. Yeah, I've seen that too. And that actually uh, kind of just gets kind of reassures me. I'm like on the right track when I see that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know the balls, Slim Sperling, he never really came up with the ball idea. This was actually taken from Nikola Tesla, where Tesla was saying that spheres would actually act as capacitors. And he thought that that would essentially amplify the tensor rings. And he was right. Uh, if you add just these circular beads, it would actually amplify the tensor rings. Cool. So for the people doing the electroculture, maybe we can step it up with the rings. And by the way, I've been yeah. using some electroculture myself as well. I haven't done the side-by-side comparisons, but uh, I believe the many of them that I've seen, some of them I know personally. And yeah, they're showing very clearly that it works. So I just did it. I didn't do half my plants. I did all my plants. And yeah, even now it's it's full-blown winter right now and my plants are in the kitchen it's the coldest room and the tomato plant still is giving off tomatoes right now it's still it's still growing tomatoes and uh (laughs) nobody watered it for weeks actually i just got home nobody's been here nobody's watered it for weeks they're all still alive they're doing well when i left i had one aloe plant and i almost killed it this summer i didn't know you're not supposed to bring it outside in the direct sunlight so i had it out there thinking it was good for it 
but it basically killed yeah. it. Put the the metal rod in it, the copper coil, and I coiled it around a stick and just jammed the stick in the pot. Brought it inside, even though it is cold here. I come back now. The original plant is twice the size, but there's a whole another plant like the same size, and there's there's two mm-hmm. twin plants there now, and they're both doing very good, very healthy. And like I said, it's cold. It's it's not supposed to be doing yeah. that well right now. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a very cool observation. I know I've seen a lot of testimonials like that as well. Like one of my coolest <clears throat> testimonials was from this guy. He has a he's one of my customers and close friend. His name is Tony, but he he has a horse farm and he has his own food forest at his house. And he told me because as soon as I told him about this tech, he was like all on board as soon as I gave him all the research and everything, because he's very skeptical, especially when I start talking about scalar energy, life force energy, intention, broadcasting out your thoughts and things like that. It kind of gets very woo woo, but it's it's a very real science. And some people are kind of turned off by that idea. But I feel like I'm comfortable enough to like show people enough evidence to prove that everything I'm pretty much saying is legitimate and it's not just kind of, I'm not just speaking out of like, you know, thin air. When you said before how you modified the toroidal ring and you said it made it more practical, what what did you mean by that? How did your modification make it more practical? So one thing is a lot of people will say like these will clear up the sky naturally, which if you actually have strong orgone devices, that will too. But these as well, they will help clear out chemtrails and things like that. And this is from someone I learned in Australia where this gets into a deeper level of like really trying to fight chemtrails. And he kind of explained to me that HARP, the HARP antennas work on sine wave based technology. And so, you know how when the skies are super chemtrailed and you see like um, patterns, like they look like waves or fish ribs. Mm hmm. That's because they're broadcasting that sine wave antenna or that sine wave frequency out. And if you were going to try to counteract that, what you would want to be doing is running a square wave or a sawtooth wave frequency in order to counteract that sine wave because square waves and sawtooth waves kind of overpower it. So that's what you're doing with the Clark Zapper then? Yeah, because the Clark Zappers are at 15 hertz and it's a square wave. But you can also connect the sucker punches into aux cords. I think there's one guy in Canada who's very heavy, like very serious into getting rid of chemtrails. And he'll have like a ton of these set up. He'll he'll hook it up to a whole frequency generator, uh, run it through an amp, and then sit there all day messing with frequencies to try to counteract their frequencies and clear up the sky. Okay, and I want to talk more about that too, but I'm still kind of stuck on this Clark Zapper thing. So people who, if you don't know yeah. what a Clark Zapper is, Holda Clark made this machine that you can set to different frequencies and you hold basically two metal paddles and it runs the frequencies through your body uh, under the mm-hmm. theory that each pathogen, bacteria, mold, fungus, worm, all of them have their own frequencies that kill them, basically. So if you, if you blast them with this yeah. certain frequency, it kills that certain parasite. So the one that you have, is only 15 hertz what's the difference what uh, other button or whatever would you need to set it to all those different frequencies because i've only seen the clark zapper as one complete thing like you set it to this frequency for this worm you hold the paddles seven minutes each or whatever but you've just got a a little like you said like computer chip it's not very big so is that only 
part of a Clark is... Zapper, or what would you do to turn <clears throat> that into a regular Clark Zapper? So if you wanted to turn this into a regular Clark Zapper, you would have to disconnect it from the sucker punch, open up the wires, and then put it onto a conductive surface like uh, metal rods or copper rods. You're just conducting the energy. But then the difference is I solder these wires together to join the the sucker punch wire inside of this crystal or wrapped around the crystal. Okay, I'm very interested in uh, Clark Zappers. People ask me all the time what the best way to kill parasites is, and I currently don't have a solid answer for them. I have some people who have said, some people that I know and trust that have said they used it to kill their worms, kill their parasites. It's just I don't Mm -hmm. have enough testimonials with it. Have you ever used a regular Clark Zapper? I have. I can't really attest to that much crazy stuff, but I have, and I know um, like the best way to see if it works is... Uh, the Clark zappers usually come with like alligator clips that way you can clip it onto like copper tubing that you can just fold with your hand because the whole the whole theory of it is is if you hold it your skin we're kind of like frac- it has like fractal antennas so it'll just broadcast that out throughout the entire body and the longer you hold it it'll have more of an effect but I've used it about a handful of times I didn't notice much but it doesn't mean it doesn't work back to the royal cubit thing because there's more than yeah. one cubit not just the royal cubit so these different sizes of rings these are all based on different cubits and those are all measurements found within the pyramids yeah so some are found in the pyramids some aren't but primary uh the royal was specifically found in the pyramid and they found that that one resonated at 144 megahertz and what does that mean how does this affect us it's resonant frequency, but in terms of like um, the tensors, you can kind of just think of it as like um, different energies. And I also like I'm I'm very like numerology based, so like I also think it could be a power. I think it's one of the stronger rings because one forty four in numerology would equal nine, and that's just kind of like something I kind of like. I always try to do in three six or nine, but that one specifically. It's just pretty much the frequency it resonates at. But in terms, I know it's been shown to increase plant growth, uh, restructure water, turn it into a crystalline structure. There is one guy named Twisted Sage who he worked with these uh, two, I think one or two ladies. They wrote a book called Dancing with Water. And they were talking about different ways to structure water using organite and tensor rings. And in their scientific uh, lab test, they found that tensor rings would make water way less once it was treated with the ring. Way less, less, less weight. Yeah. Interesting. And, and he also found that I think it would also raise the pH of water as well. And I know Slim, he would do testing with uh, water. Like in one video, he grabbed two waters, he point a laser through it. Same water, same bottle. The one that was treated with the ring, it was easier for the laser to go through it. It came out like brighter. And that's just one pretty optical test that I thought was pretty interesting. Okay, let's talk about clearing the skies. And before we do, I'll tell you my experience with this. So for several years, I've had this account, Transcend Towers on Instagram. It's about cell phone towers. It's not very deep. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I used to just post 
pure pictures of towers with a little comment on it. Nothing, not trying to educate anyone or anything, just trying to draw attention to cell phone towers. So years ago, lots of people were telling me about Organite, sending me Organite, sending me all kinds of pyramids and and all this stuff. And back then, there was a lot of videos of people showing cloud busting, what they call it, using piece of organite and we're, we're going to explain what organite is maybe we should do that even before we talk about clearing the skies oh. but give me organite so, in, a, in a copper pipe and they call that a cloud buster so at one point here i lived in california next to one of the biggest naval bases in the world uh, china lake which is a bit weird that it's a naval base because it's in the middle of the desert so around that naval base, there's tons of chemtrails. I had never even really paid attention to chemtrails until I lived there because you have the big open skies across the desert and everything. I grew up in the city mm-hmm. suburbs. You hardly ever look up and you, you really can't tell that much what's going on. So I was first kind of exposed to chemtrails there and I saw these cloud busting videos. So I decided to go out and try it. And lo and behold, I could use the organite to bust clouds, literally just holding the rod up, looking at the cloud you know, waving it in a little circle there. And my intention would be, I'm going to disperse this cloud. But then I heard people talking about how the organite may just be amplifying your own frequencies. And so theoretically, and some people were showing this as well in videos, that you could just do this with your mind. So I just went outside and I I did this, you know, multiple days, go outside and just use my finger, or just use a stick, or just use Mm -hmm. nothing at all, just stand there and look at the cloud. And with my intention of dispersing it, and it would indeed disperse. It took longer with just me hanging out there. And it's a little bit hard to measure this, but it seemed like it was faster when I used my finger or a stick. And it was faster when I used the organite as well. And my wife didn't believe any of this, by the way. So this recent summer, we were up here up north, northern Canada, standing around a lake, not really doing anything, just hanging out, feet in the water kind of thing. And I said, okay, let's try it. There's four clouds there in front of us. Pick a cloud. Pick the top cloud, focus on it, focus on dispersing it. Just just look at it. Don't do anything else. And indeed, within 10, 15 minutes, the cloud was dispersed and the other ones were not. So very, very interesting to me. Can you tell us about Organite and then talk more about this clearing the skies thing? Yeah, so Organite was rediscovered by uh, Wilhelm Reich. We mean rediscovered. Who, who discovered it first? Uh, our ancestors. This kind of gets into the pyramid builders, like the Baghdad battery, people who kind of knew of like these Ormus elements. And he he kind of just I like that's why I would say rediscovered because I I think any stuff like this, orgone and electroculture, I think it's all old news, but it's for us it's new. But I think there's pretty much nothing new under the sun. It's just the kind of like an evolutionary process of us rediscovering all this technology. Okay. So Wilhelm Reich, I say he rediscovered it in the 80s, I believe. And I know, um, so one one just big thing out there, Orgone was never in the shape of pyramids when he was around. He would never have pyramids. He didn't use resin. This is a new thing now. So this is kind of like spun off of his ideas, but they, it works. But the way he um, he conducted Orgone would work, is if you would get inorganic matter and organic matter and layer it. And so he would grab steel wool like this, wool, steel wool, wool, steel wool, and then wool. 
and he would coin the box, the orgone accumulator box, where he supposedly would get patients in there, and the life force energy would be attracted to the wool, and I think the the metal would repel it, and then the wool would kind of like cleanse it or kind of just attract it and then repel and then cleanse almost like a purifier if that makes sense kind of like it's purifying the energy as it's going through into the box so that way in the middle you have a concentration of life force energy that was one of his first experiments on especially uh trying to make healing devices so he was using wool and steel wool so the wool is the organic the steel wool is the non-organic so today most people are using epoxy resin poured into molds as you said most of them are in pyramid shape so is the epoxy the organic because organic means carbon based and plastic is carbon based epoxy would be the organic but also um i'm sticking away from aluminum but you can use aluminum and orgone i just for personal preference don't choose to but this um pretty much what happens is the metal is attracting the dor or the deadly energy and then there's a ton of crystals in here there's like black hyanite black tourmaline i use uh quartz from siesta key beach in florida because uh siesta key beach is the only beach in the world where the sand is 99 percent quartz so it makes for stronger orgone use i use magnetite um i use graphene in there as well i use uh selenite i use shungite is pretty good but it's kind of just overhyped at that point now i think shungite for me is a little overhyped shungite is yeah, a crystal it's, correct it's, it's it's a rock right a crystal but kind of i mean it's very heavy and it's like super carbon based it's almost like it's like a more pure version of charcoal but it's still i think it's still technically a crystal because then there's like a there's this book I read where if you would add elite shungite to your water, it would just help structure it. And there's a certain town in Russia where the population live longer. And I think it was just due to basically the fact that their water supply would run through a shungite like area and how shungite would help cleanse the water and structure it. Okay, so you use a bunch of different layers of metal, metal shavings, and you've got metal <laughs> coils in your pyramid as well. And that's interlayered with crystals and resin. Yeah. And you can't see the crystals, but I crushed them up all to a powder, basically, just because the more powder it is, the more surface area or the more coverage it can get. And I also put a tensor ring in there as well, if you can see it. Uh, There's a tensor ring to just help cleanse out the energy of the entire pyramid so it works better. And then this one is connected to... uh, a sucker punch as well so it can it has the ability to like combust pretty good okay so the organ is a different thing from these toroidal fields how, how are they different so orgone is pretty much you have to use metal and you don't have to use crystals but in the sense of pyramid making you want to use metal and crystals to essentially attract the deadly orgone energy which is what the metal is doing and using the crystals, the crystals will help smooth that energy out. And putting it into a certain pyramidal shape will actually make that energy feel better. Because you can make orgone into any shape, but depending on the shape, depends on how it kind of like um, the energy flows, if that makes sense. But how is it different from the toroidal energy <clears throat> or the tensor rings? 
So the tensor ring, pretty much, if you can just imagine, it's almost like a portal, but this is pretty much tuned to a certain frequency and it's just its own field. And that's so based on the tech- based on the length, right? That's where it generates yeah, the frequency. Based on the length. Yeah. That's where it generates the frequency. One of the best kind of at home just to see if it works is you can get a tensor ring, place a glass of water right here in the middle. It'll create a vortex in the water, and one that's not in the water won't do that. And I've had many freezing tests where it'll just have a random hollow empty bubble inside of the middle of the water, which no one can really explain why, except pretty much that it's this working to structure water. Okay, so that generates a specific frequency, but the orgone, it's not frequency-based? Like, orgone energy is not considered a frequency? No, but you can, no, but you can also uh, tune pyramids or uh, frequency infuse the resin to hold a certain, essentially, energetic or frequency sound into the resin so that whenever this resin, or basically once this orgone, it's kind of like it's just generating like a field and bubbling out that whatever frequency you had freezed into this resin and also uh, like I said with uh, Marcel Vogel how with crystals you can infuse intention and healing so what I've done is I just you know I, I've learned how to do Reiki so I'll infuse the whole thing with Reiki but I'll also uh, say like an intention to have like a cleansing effect have a protecting field so it's just kind of like a pairing the sciences I learned together, like Marcel Vogel's work and how crystals can hold intention. I'll have an intention for every crystal, the pyramidal shape, how it affects, you know, plant growth and EMS. And then also taking Wilhelm Reich's work, taking some Sperling's work, and then taking Don Cross work and kind of just putting it into my own mixture. All right. So Slim <laughs> Sperling that was so, kind of long-winded. Well it it, it... It's still hard to understand. I I know that. But these are devices that project their own energy, basically. Some of it's frequency, some of it's not. It's beyond our our current science. But I was saying, you know, with my experience in China Lake there, that to me, it does work. You can clear the skies. We can harness our intention to disperse negative energies. And you can do that just with yourself, or you can amplify it using orgone. And I'm also assuming using these uh, tensor rings, and definitely using the toroidal energy because that's what Slim Sperling did in Denver, cleared the skies there. And there are lots of people doing this around the country, around the world now. So do you think that Especially South Africa. Do you think this could completely eliminate the chemtrail problem? Like they keep spraying it, we keep dispersing it. It's not going to affect us. (laughs) Is it neutralizing the metals that are in the chemtrails? What's going on? So that kind of gets into a topic where I'm still trying to puzzle this piece out and speaking with other creators, but um, it kind of reminds me of getting back into Wilhelm Reich's work where his first stuff with weather modification was the cloud buster. And essentially what he did was he grabbed metal pipes and connected it to a large body of water, specifically the large body of water. You want it to be deep because the deeper it is, the more of a ground effect it has and it's closer to the earth. It has a stronger Schumann's resonance level and it's a more grounding effect. So I think what pretty much Wilhelm Reich was doing at the time was 
because the earth has a negative charge and you're very familiar with that with grounding and how we collect positive ions and then the way we release is grounding it out. So I think what he was doing in a sense was essentially grounding out the sky because they fill it with positive ions, EMS, chemtrails. And if you were to find a way to essentially ground the sky, then you can essentially make it rain, clear weather pollution and things like that. And then that's what eventually kind of ended up leading to his demise. Do you think he was killed for it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Till this day, he's the only scientist where the FDA sanctioned a book burning for in history. What and was his book I think called? It was, he had many books. Uh, he, he believed a lot in like uh, like sexual energy. Things now we would kind of refer to like Kundalini, but he would kind of talk about how um, repressed emotions or things like that would essentially mess up the energy flow in the body, then creating problems with humans. And he's very big into psychology. And he would also talk about how um, pent up emotions will create stagnant energy in the body and create diseases as well. And he was kind of multifaceted on like the fact that he would work on the tech he would also work on the human psychology, but I primarily looked into more of his uh, technologies, especially with um, his original Cloudbuster. It almost looks like a turret, and a what? It's just um, a turret. What do you mean? Um, like a turret gun, like with multiple holes. Okay. He put it all into like a turret shape, just metal pipes, and he would ground it out into the large body of water even at the sky and he would notice he could actually make it rain like just in one specific spot or in a huge area a huge area he would at the time he was actually going working with farmers and clearing areas of drought okay you you mentioned the schumann residence what's the schumann residence so i I have schumann generators here too sorry to throw two questions at you at once i have schumann generators (laughs) in my house i'm not really 100% sure of what it's doing for me. So are these Schumann generators, how do they differ from these tensor and toroidal and and organite? And is it a different thing? Are these uh, devices amplifying the Schumann resonance? What is the Schumann resonance? So for me, the Schumann's resonance is is essentially the Earth's energy, which we're all pretty much attuned to, or also the Earth's electromagnetic field. And, And it also gets into like the pyramid builders, why always underneath pyramids there would always be usually like a a body of water or a pool of mercury but necessarily you would always want it underground because the deeper the closer you are like deeper into the earth the stronger that Schumann's resonance will be okay and essentially if you can get closer to the earth like deeper in the ground the Schumann's resonance is stronger and what Wilhelm Reich did was he would connect these uh steel pipes he would ground it out into the water, into a lake, but specifically, usually a lake that was deep so that you would get a stronger connection in the residence. And he would essentially ground out the sky. Okay. Is the Schumann resonance disrupted by all this EMS stuff we have? High voltage power lines uh, and whatever? Yeah. I think it's one weakened and messed with, especially with like 5G, Wi Fi, as well as, um, uh next rad towers they're i think you're you're familiar with the next rads right they look like they're the new 5g towers that look like balls but they're also like a dodecahedron shape okay 
And these are used, I think those are very much used for uh, weather, heavy weather manipulation and almost like crowd control for the for the population living near the area because them putting out this many pretty much malevolent frequencies. Like I met, I, I'm working with this one uh, doctor named Carrie Breeze and he would talk about how the 5G panels, they're tuned to a certain gigahertz that opens up the blood brain barrier and lets out lets pretty much like all the toxins we consume it can travel towards the blood uh, blood brain barrier and he basically just kind of was telling me how they pretty much tuned everything to like work against us because why would you set some of these towers up to be the exact same frequency to which the blood brain barrier opens yeah that sounds and, uh, pretty malevolent to me yeah and just to kind of get back into Wilhelm Reich's work, he also would uh, he also ended up making a book called Contact with Outer Space, and he would talk about how when he would aim his cloudbuster at certain looking stars, they would actually fade out. Really? Yeah, and this gets into like a very interesting thing that I haven't seen anybody really talk about. There's one lady named Sharon Daphna in the Oregon community who. She kind of thinks that a lot of ho- uh, a lot of chemtrails can be holograms masking something else. I am willing to believe that, but that's a conversation for another day. So you've been making yeah. these tensor rings and, and toroidal things. What, what do you call those things with the toroidal field? Uh, harmonizer. You've been making the harmonizers and the rings and the organite now for a few years. Yes, you said since 2020? Yeah. So... Could you tell us just about how it is to make them? What, what kind of mistakes you made? And I've seen you on Instagram blasting other creators for uh, making inferior oh. work or charging too much. You want to just talk a little bit about making them and the the market for this mm-hmm. sort of stuff? Yeah. So I think Tensor Tech is pretty much relatively cheap. There is a uh, one guy because now that a lot of there's uh, Tensor Tech is kind of blowing up a little bit more. So a lot of people are like quick to jump in and monetize off of it. One guy who I seen, he was selling tensor rings at first that were like this size. Like the size a of a, a finger ring. Yeah, and he was selling them for like $250. And that's just really outrageous. Like $250 for something this size. And in material cost, it was probably like a few dollars. And doesn't take more than like 10 minutes to put together. So there, there also kind of reaches a certain point where I can get making a living, but there's also a certain point where it's kind of like scamming people and it just trying to get back to the whole motive of the whole reason why I made it and why many people made it is to help the planet, help get rid of chemtrails, pretty much be solution based. And there's also some people where they will sell orgone devices where it's pretty much just all crystals inside. Like very clear, very, very pretty sometimes. But I was told by handfuls of creators who pretty much some of the best in the world, the prettiest looking stuff isn't the best. The best stuff is the stuff that is heavy with metals. So if you're looking for orgone, specifically look for orgone that is dense in metal. And if they, uh, the creator will be willing to share their some of their ingredients, because some people don't, just to kind of, keep their ingredients to themselves mm-hmm. like one thing i put um kind of gets into like the ormus and like 
things that are high in like paramagnetic value or things around that area. Like I would use the Siesta Key Beach quartz sand where this quartz sand is, like I said, the only place in the world where the the sand is 99% quartz. And just, I think that's one of the key ingredients, especially like um, talking about like orb mist and how mountains will actually kind of act as like energy cleaners. And you've probably seen like um, lenticular clouds or very strange looking clouds above mountains. Mm-hmm. Since you, I think you're close to mountains. So mountains are full of these high ormus minerals, quartz, certain dirts, but they're all very elevated and high in this paramagnetic value or life force energy, if that makes sense. And so the mountains almost act as like cleaners for the air and just kind of for the earth as well, which is why we get lenticular clouds. But this also gets into like why our ancestors would build pyramids and how pyramids were kind of just almost like replicas for mountains but could be used for energy could be used for kind of conscious conscious based technologies broadcasting certain intentions uh emf protection making food last longer in a pyramid all sorts of things you said you had a question about the harmonizer correct well just about what it's like to make them like it doesn't look that difficult i guess you need some tools to twist the coils and and you know, you need to have the the proper measurements and everything, but it look it looks fairly easy to do. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I've taught a few people how to do this tech. Like, one is like when you're twisting the copper, that's when the crystalline structure of the copper is kind of like loose. So, what the best way to do before I twist any copper, kind of work with these energy devices, is kind of sit out, do a little meditation, and I would uh, infuse the copper with like Reiki energy, just kind of intentions. And every good creator who makes this would usually do the same before twisting copper, because once it's in that solid shape, that's it. Like once you align that crystalline structure, that's the time you can be able to program it. So it's not too difficult to do. Usually you just have to learn how to douse in order to make a proper harmonizer, making sure all the polarities join in on each other correctly. Okay, and let me explain Ormus quickly. We should have done this earlier. I have friends who sell it. I've taken it before in supplement form, but I'm still mm-hmm. not 100% clear on what it is. So it says here on supercminerals.com.au, they are the transition elements on the periodic table in micro cluster or monoatomic size. Most prominent of these are gold, silver, copper, and the platinum group found in a non-metallic form, a high spin state. They are non-reactive and non-toxic to humans and animals and plants. They're a naturally found substance found on the earth, air, plants, rocks, soil, animals, and water. It's particularly abundant in seawater. Ormus is an organic material, and therefore it is in everything that is alive or has ever been alive. Might yeah, provide some shielding from electromagnetic fields. The Ormus material becomes camouflaged and not assayable by common spectrographic techniques. Yeah. I have a friend who makes Ormus as well. I will say, like, if you do take Ormus, your dreams, dreams get a lot more vivid. But that also applies to, like, orgone pyramids and, like, having these devices around. Usually, if you have, like, a like a strong orgone pyramid, you will notice your dreams will get a lot more vivid. So do these orgone pyramids, do they create Ormus elements? Not essentially create it, 
but you would want to put Ormus elements inside of a pyramid to help broadcast that out into like the entire field of the pyramid. Okay, okay. And so you're selling these now? You haven't officially launched yeah. your, your website yet? I'm doing primarily right now Etsy. I'm doing I'm opening a Shopify, but I was also debating on if I should keep going with the tech or just do it for personal fun or personal protection or if I just want to keep doing it full time. Well, and if we don't have good creators, you might only have the the cheap creators. I, I see a lot of creators for Organite and there's only a few that I trust. So I think it would be a good yeah. idea to have people who truly care making this stuff. Yeah. And I know one thing is I'm going to get into teaching um, a lot of this stuff. I've given out free links. I've pointed people in the directions of like certain books, where to get certain books. I know if this one is a really good one. If you're going to be stepping into the world orgone, it's called shape power by Dan Davidson. This book usually online, I've seen it go for like 300, $400. But I know a website, I think it's called teslatech.info, where you can find it for like $35, $40 instead of paying $400. But he also gets into like things like how pyramids would preserve food, enhances meditation, promotes healing, things like that. And he kind of just also tells people like how the energy will flow using certain elements inside of a pyramid. Pretty much just gets um, pretty deep. I know this also is pretty interesting, but um, I think you've known how the the pyramids are aligned to certain constellations. Mm -hmm. So one thing is that they were actually used as interstellar beacons. And this guy named, I think it was Joe Parr, and he went into the Giza pyramid and he was trying to find that um, if the pyramid had uh, almost like an activating frequency. And he found that 51 hertz was a frequency that would essentially activate the Giza pyramids like force field or just field. And he was trying to use the entire pyramid as an interstellar beacon. And this is kind of getting into like a lot of old world structures and pyramids on why these pyramids were pointed at certain constellations and how people sit in meditations, get into different altered state of minds and try to communicate with certain entities or certain beings and pointing the pyramids to that certain constellation would grant you, it's like a road essentially, like the pyramid would essentially be the road and you would have to kind of just like navigate your your way there through meditation. So what makes you hesitant about making these uh, <laughs> products for a living? Is it... Uh having to do with all the scammers out there and stuff or you think there's not enough money in it what's up i just don't know at first i thought it might be a safety issue but kind of going forward i don't think that's really an issue like for yourself you mean someone might come after you because of you're using this tech yeah pretty much i know one phenomenon like uh that happens is if you have a lot of tech and uh you like broadcast these stuff out like run it through certain frequency generators sit there and manipulate like frequencies that sometimes you might get like a black military chopper that'll hover over your house i've heard those stories yeah yeah same with people who have cloud busters usually you can get that too well i have not experienced that yet yeah sometimes that'll happen and i know if you have a cloud buster it's really good to ground out organite 
it's it's like one of the kind of like game changing things I discovered is ground uh, grounding out Organite and some of my new Orgone pyramids. I'm actually going to be making them so that you you'll be able to ground them out to your house. Okay. Yeah, through pretty much like how an earthing mat works. Well, I hope you do keep making them. I'd like to get some more off of you myself. And I've been playing around with them a little bit. One day, uh, I was in Texas a few weeks ago, and I had a headache. So I put the ring on my head underneath my hat. And it didn't completely get rid of it, but almost. You know, it got rid of 95% of it quite quickly as well. Mm -hmm. Like Immediately, once I put it on, the head felt relieved. I still had to go to bed and clear it out, though. I was exhausted. But yeah, it had, had a pretty immediate effect. Also in the book, Slim Sperling's Universe, um, it was talking about how you could place this around a glass of water. And I've seen this before, too. You were talking about Shungite. I've used Elite Shungite, and I've, I've got all kinds of different devices. So we've tried this before, too, with food and water and seeing how it changes the taste or the texture or your uh, enjoyment mm-hmm. of it. And with a lot of the food, it's it's hard to tell. But with wine, and they said this in the book, specifically wine, yeah. it's very easy to tell if there's a taste difference. So I tried it with some wine. I didn't really notice it with with water. I didn't do a freezing experiment mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I put it around a glass of wine, and it was a pretty bitter, cheap $5 bottle of wine. And it, it actually yeah. did change the taste quite a lot. It made it very, very smooth. It, it was like a completely mm-hmm. different brand. And that, that was in five yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's this is why I kind of like this tech a lot. And I try to also, not just from a sales pitch point, I also try to tell people about this tech because like you said just from five minutes of pretty much just sitting the so like the freezing test it's showing that the tensor ring the energy here is moving faster than the speed of light but when we freeze it with the water with water inside we can actually see that energy for skeptics you're like you know i don't see anything i might not be able to feel anything so how do i know i'm you know i'm not just paying for copper wire in a ring and Freezing test is one method, probably the best method, because it shows that there is a certain energy happening. I've also, uh, for certain customers, I've told them, place a tensor ring over your smart meter, and that'll help with um, kind of just help transmuting then the negative EMS in your home. I've done like tensor rings over Wi-Fi routers. Um, one I really want to play with is supplements and how supposedly if you can charge supplements with these it might make them more absorbable for the body and that is a pretty worthwhile investment especially just because it's a one-time purchase and if you can just slightly make your supplements more absorbable or structure your water so that you can absorb the supplements better that's an overall effect and also i've also uh placed tensor rings over my water faucets i've done it over my shower heads so that as the water is coming down, it's structuring it. Very cool. And hey, I believe this. I've been in both the nutrition business and the energy device business for several years. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that the results using energy devices are way faster and more dramatic than supplements. Supplements are very important. That's the mainstay of my livelihood, selling supplements. We need them. There's not enough yeah. nutrients in the food. But... It takes time to see a result with nutrients, with only a few exceptions. Like, you know, if you have heat stroke, some salty water or some salt in your veins can save your life immediately. Within you know 30 seconds, yeah. a minute, your life is saved. But generally, 
health problems happen because we're eating the wrong foods over years and decades and we're nutrient deficient over years and decades until our body starts to break. So it's a gradual process, gradual degeneration, and we can gradually regenerate. Again, some things get faster results than others. If you're severely depleted on B vitamins, water soluble, yeah, you, you, can, you can pump those in. You can have you know someone who is basically in a state of dementia be uh, dancing on the table within a week. You know it can it can happen like that, but a week is yeah. very very fast for nutrition to work. Whereas with energy devices, it's seconds and minutes that we see the result. Basically, yeah. instantaneously, when we're doing any form of muscle test or balance test, strength test, we can see the result instantaneously. <laughs> So we, we figure it immediately takes over your energetic field and enhances it. Yeah. And most of the devices that we've ever used have energies put into them. But I am very interested in these rings because they don't have any energy put into them. It's just the shape itself that actually uh, creates that field. But yeah, I just want to emphasize that I've seen the fastest, most dramatic results ever. The most miraculous results, especially since they happen so quickly with energy devices. We see miracles in nutrition all the time. It usually just takes a while. It takes weeks and months mm -hmm. to regrow tissues, you know, to see uh, bone density increase or, or the cholesterol to go down or something like that. But whatever result we get with energy devices, it tends to be very, very quick. Like it's someone with Parkinson's, they're shaking. You put a disc into their hand, they stop shaking with under, within a minute or two minutes. Mm -hmm. And nothing's actually been rebuilt. So it's just, uh, if there's any skeptics out there, I promise in the healing realm, there's more miracles in the energy field than there is in nutrition. If you're going to see a, a miracle with nutrition, it's going to take a while, most likely. And I also believe that the power of nutrients or the power of elements especially have to do with this whole harmonization thing. You know, when a plant sucks up a mineral, it breaks apart a rock and it pulls out the individual element of calcium or iron or whatever. So it's just a, a one molecule now, a little pico nano-sized molecule, and it gives it an electric charge. So I'm pretty sure that process of the plant turning the rock into a colloidal element is actually yeah. Im embedding it with frequency power. Yeah, and I would I would yeah. argue this is why we get way better results from plant-derived minerals rather than any other, you know, chelated calcium citrate or whatever. We, we get terrible results with those, and they're poorly mm -hmm. absorbed. And everyone in the industry knows this. That's why they chelate it, which is to wrap an element around something sticky, like a, a sugar, basically, or a protein, amino acid, coats it so it tricks your body into absorbing it. But plant-derived minerals, we don't have to trick our body into absorbing it. It's already in the form or in the energetic state, the ion state that our body is willing yep. to accept. So I, I imagine that the results with nutrients has a lot to do with this earth energy too. Yeah, I actually... Um... When I when I first got the plant derived minerals, I would actually always place tensor rings over it because, um, uh, according to some researchers, the tensor rings will actually help create ormus because it's spinning the elements at a rapid pace. Pretty much, it's spinning all the elements, all the molecules faster than the speed of light. So that's what the freezing test shows, and this is why I've never really invested into a vortex generator, which you've probably seen how certain people will sell like $200, $500 contraptions where it just vortexes the water. I just kind of know a lot of the science about tensor rings and how it's structuring the water essentially faster than the speed of light. So I don't think 
I necessarily need a vortex generator to do that because if you freeze the water, the water will essentially create its own vortex. And if anybody out there is wanting to do the water freezing test, I recommend using distilled water specifically because um, distilled water has no minerals, no nothing in it. And I've noticed is if I, uh, I remember one time I did it with water that had uh, spring water and I put salt in it that it, the whole thing was completely cloudy and I couldn't even see the bubble in the middle. And that was just because all the minerals and everything were vortexed around that it, you just can't see the middle. So if you have distilled water and you do the freezing test, you can see all of it because there's no minerals kind of clouding up the water. Very cool. All right, Chris, mm -hmm. where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at Telestai Creations, T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I creations at instagram and i'll say that again t-e-l-e-s-t-a-i creations on instagram and i also have a telegram group chat where uh, i have the link on my instagram or people just join and i just kind of share a lot of materials there because some devices i have are can get pricey depending on what you want and you know before anybody wants to invest in some stuff you know you at least want to see it works so i have a lot of research articles there if you just want to pop in and see you know learn more about like how pyramids work uh tensor rings orgone just like a little broad span of different knowledge i also have that in there all right and that link will be in the description of this podcast as well and of course, if you want to see everything that I do, you can go to notusbooks.org. You can see all the books that I've written, all the free audiobook versions of those books, an archive of this podcast, hundreds of book reviews, and more, all on notusbooks.org. And for those of you who are listening to the archive version right now, stick around. There's a special treat for you after we sign off. And for everybody else, including Chris, I appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, and thank you, Ryan, for uh, letting giving me the chance to be on here and spread this message and just raise awareness and hopefully teach more people and just give people solutions to chemtrails, EMFs, you know, overall just health, EMF protection, kind of the whole broadband. And I definitely more. appreciate your explanations here. Even some of this stuff I was definitely not sure about. So thanks again mm -hmm. for coming. Stay healthy, everyone. Until next time.